My name is Tequila Fletcher, owner and operator of Chessaholic Beauty Supply and Salon. This, this, this is, 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 is Diversified game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kelly, and today on Diversified Game, she's working, y'all, so we got to make this as quick as possible. You <laughs> see her in the store, Tequila Fletcher, and she's going to let us know. She's gone, you know, viral with her interview that she did with Black Star a, a few months ago, and then African Diaspora News Channel, you guys know, um, Charity Always Starts at Home, um, with, with my client that he aired a clip of her stuff and i was just so excited to have this conversation but tequila wants to start it off with making sure um she sets the record straight on something that a lot of you have gotten wrong trying to sell her so tequila please let the people know and set the record straight on what your problem is and not what um people might have thought they heard okay so at the time of the initial interview, I actually told the reporter that I didn't per se have issues with getting virgin hair extensions from China or India. I actually have been doing business with China for over 10 years, plus years, um, selling virgin hair over 14 years. So that has never been my issue as far as doing business with China. Because not only do I have a beauty supply store, I sell on eBay and Amazon as well. So not only hair, I would get any other products from them. So that's never been an issue. My issue with my with me starting up the beauty supply store was getting direct accounts with manufacturers. So the majority of them being, you know, the Asian, um, Korean companies based in the U.S. So you have like your companies like, you know, Jana Collection and Ultra shake and go those were the companies had given me such the hardest time as far as trying to set up a direct account with them so that's like your pack hair your braiding hair crochet hair those companies i'm sorry so yeah so i just want to clarify some things um the reporter kind of got the article just a little bit wrong um i didn't say that i had problems with getting virgin extensions as a matter of fact i've been doing business with china for over 10 years, and I've been selling virgin hair extensions for about 14 years. So my relationship with manufacturers in China have been awesome. I've never had those issues with China or India. But my issue was uh, prior to me setting up um, the store, you know, with me trying to get accounts with the uh, Asian Korean companies in the U.S., like your pack hair, uh, like your Yaki Remy's, and your braiding hair, crochet hair. Those companies like Janet Collection, Ultra, Shake and Go, those were the people that I was having my most difficulties with as far as trying to set up those accounts. So those were my issues, not with China directly. Okay. And so with those companies, are they based in China or are they based in India? Uh, they actually are based in the U.S. Okay, so it's good old um, white extremists are, um, you know, <laughs> white, it, racism because you are a non-Asian trying to buy something that they probably have a monopoly on, at least, you know, in their region. Is that, would that be correct? Um, I would say yes and no. Um, I would say yes and no. Um, 
say yes and no because what I know now versus what I know then has can it kind of open my eyes a little bit. I did um, was on kind of like a podcast with um, the president of Sensational Hair, and he actually admitted that a lot of their older accounts per se, um, you know, the, you know, like the ones who actually kind of been in the beauty supply industry like forever, like they have showed favoritism towards them, and per se locking other people out, whether it's black or whoever, it's just you know, it's just been that type of way or what have you. But um, in my opinion, I would say yes, because I can remember a time that I did everything I was supposed to do with Jenna Collection. I sent them my application, um, even did some follow-up phone calls. And, and it was funny because they was like, they let me open the account, but when it came down to the ordering process, oh, they gave me the runaround. They was like, oh, send us, send us what you want. And I'm just like, well, why can't I just have like an Excel spreadsheet or catalog, something? They would never give me a catalog. They would never send me like a full Excel sheet of the full inventory that they had. They would tell me, oh, go to our website and pick what you want and then email us. So I said, okay, if that's the process, then I'll do it. Did everything that they asked me to do? Crickets. Then I tried calling and calling and calling. And when I finally got someone on the phone, it was like, oh, well, we're in a meeting. We can't, you know, call us back. So it, I, I did that for a couple months straight. And I was just at a point, I was like, forget it. <laughs> like, it's, it's just, you know, the ones who will give you the, the accounts, like I say, they make it difficult to order. Or you send them all of your credentials, what they're asking you to give them. Then it's, oh, no, your application was, was incomplete. And I'm just like... I did everything you guys told me to do. So it's just like, it's just been rough. <laughs> rough, 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 rough. And then what they'll do is if they won't give you the direct accounts, they will try to direct you to their distributors. But the problem with that is there's no way that you can actually even compete with some of these other uh, Korean-owned beauty supply stores because of price points. So it's it's just been a roller coaster. And, and to give, you know, context, they are in the business of making money, but it's known and it's not a secret that non-Asian folks have had a difficult time. And I talk about black folks as every black po- person I know who's tried to open up a hair shop or has done it has said the same thing. Are there any competitors? Um, are the competitors, you know, are they the same And how do we fix this problem? Do we just ban, you know, getting, you know, women's hair done like this? I can't say that as a man, but should women then say, you know what? We're not going to, you know, have our hair, you know, braided or crocheted or something like that. I mean, to be honest with you, then yeah. You know, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, you know the saying, if you want to hurt them, hurt them in their pockets. You know, and the reality of it is, though, they're not going to stop getting their hair done. You know, it's just it's just a given. They're just not going to stop. And the only way to fix the problem is for these, you know, these companies to realize that the power is in the black dollar. Because, you know, they set up shop in our neighborhoods, which I'm not upset about that because, you know, I actually help people set up businesses as well. 
And no one opens up a business to fail. And anytime that you're looking to open up any type of business, the number one thing that you always have to ask yourself is who is your target market? So if they know that blacks is their target market, they wouldn't put their business in a, in a predominantly white neighborhood. That wouldn't make sense. So, you know, just to clear that up, I'm not never upset about anybody for doing what they do right. But I think that once even blacks people, realize the power of what we can do and then as far as like you know helping us smaller black owned you know beauty supply owners you know if these people come and shop with us it can make it a lot easier for us to be able to you know get the capital and things that's needed to actually to open up these accounts with these people so like i say versus when i first did the interview versus what i know now it's a lot different and i can honestly say because of the black lives matter movement and everybody like you know my videos circulating and things like that has started showing a little improvement and change in some of these companies i've actually had them start showing it up to my to my business one of the same companies that i put an application in I wasn't denied, it's just I never heard anything back from them. But I'm pretty sure that they caught wind of who I was and they showed up. So I think the more that we continuously let them know, listen, we will pull our dollars. If you don't cooperate, then I think change will be made. Change is being done, as, as far as I can see. Now, we've seen with, you know, more and more women going natural. Now, and I don't know if you can run, you know, your supply store off people if they say hey i'm just gonna go natural is there enough you know money in the natural so we don't want to kill a business so educate us if everybody was to say you know what we're going natural and we're just going to use these you know the natural products because at least they will sell to our people i mean is that movement do you push that movement more and more because you too you like to get your hair done too sometimes so i'm just trying to find a solution that people can say you know what i'm going natural because of this i'm going to buy these products because maybe they're black owned or that they even hire black people or sell to black people i mean yeah if it you know if it if it was a method of trying to you know hurt them in their pocket yes if everybody stopped doing sew-ins bondings quick weeds braids and, and etc etc yeah that will that will actually cut down completely because china is the only manufacturing country with the as far as prosthetic hair extensions i mean china and i'm not sorry i'm not china but india does a lot of like the virgin bundles so forth and so on you know they they've kind of gotten on the uh, gotten the board as far as you know learning how to track extensions closure weights etc but as far as like your major manufacturer it's only been china you know and i agree um with um what the guy was saying about you know why not try to open up a sort of a manufacturing in africa you know that'll solve the problem as well so that way we are doing you know business directly with you know african you know african-american or, or african you know or black uh manufacturing so i mean yeah if everybody stopped that yeah that'll, that'll solve the problem or if you know we get into trying to manufacture the hair on our own as well i mean as a matter of fact i in the process of testing 
care from China as well. So I could develop my own, you know, line because of me having my issues with getting um, these accounts. I was like, well, okay, if I can't beat them, I join them. So <laughs> let me do what I need to do. So that way I won't have that issue. And, and educate us with this hair that, you know, it's difficult to get. We often would hear the jokes, hey, where'd you get that hair, you know, from a horse's, you know, <laughs> behind or whatnot. Where, why is it only India and China are doing this? Is it, I mean, is it because, you know, folks also say the Indian women will shave off their hair to sell it. Is, is that the reason because of the type of hair they have that you know black people here in america are in africa i am i'm mr africa and and, and invest there consistently but why is india and china the only places that have done this you know what i personally think because it's uh you know foreign. okay so with india it's it's a religious thing so once these, you know, these temple owners or what have you realize that, you know what, we can make money to basically keep what we got going as far as like keeping the upkeep of other temple and so forth. So once they realized that it was a market for that, they started to sell the hair. Now with China, I think because it's a population thing, you know, that, you know, they have several people that they can get, you know, hair from. It's cheap. And I, and I think the, that's personally why that, you know, those two countries have the ability to do it. And let me also clarify some things. When you hear the term Brazilian hair, there is no Brazilian hair. I'm sick of hearing it. You, it's, hair only comes from China and it only comes from India. So when you keep hearing these terms, people stop it. Don't believe the hype. I went to Brazil in 2014 to meet with the manufacturer only to find out everything was being Wow, wow. You guys are getting getting that game. Now, there's another side of this, though, and please tell me, and, and I want you to educate the folks, when folks are selling their hair in India or China, are donating it due to religious purposes, are they getting compensated? And if so, how much can someone make in China versus what someone can make in India? You know what, to be honest with you, I don't know if people are actually being compensated. I know that there have been other companies over the years have actually gone into China and gone into these villages, say like in Cambodia, um, and to the, the, these villages and kind of, you know, set up shop because I think a lot of them, you know, they're getting, if they're being compensated, let's say in China, it's pennies on a dollar, like pennies. Pennies. And actually, I was supposed to go to China a few years back, but you know, a couple of things have happened, and I never got a chance to physically go because I'm one of those people that try to make sense and understand things for myself. So I was, you know, was planning to actually to make that trip to really try to get to the nitty grid of of that side of, of the industry. So I think some are actually, like I say, getting pennies on a dollar and then these factories are buying this hair from them for a little of nothing. 
and then you know upselling it and so forth. Wow. Okay. And and I've done a little bit of research, and you know I've seen people from nothing to a hundred dollars. You also have folks who say, "Hey, I've seen it sold for four thousand dollars," and I'd love to know how much hair that was. But I, I truly doubt doubt some of those were reports. But no, this is a a a great you know you're, you're educating people because people are just so sometimes walking around like zombies just they see something it looks good they go want to replicate it and buy it and here you are as a business owner trying to provide those needs but still have like a social um and what right is right and and have that impact in life being a black woman with you know you doing this business and you have other businesses and you even have a non-profit talk about your community give backs that you are doing or that you want to do in the future girls in foster care um just a little backstory i was in foster care myself and like i come from like a family like everybody does hair and i think the gift of giving you know doing hair was just embedded in me so even when i was in foster care i did everybody here i would do my hair i would do the girls hair that was in the home and then friends at school so that's kind of like how it all kind of got started and then when I decided to do the nonprofit, it was just one of those things like, you know what? I want them to see me. I want them to see uh, a person who grew up, you know, we, we have similarities because we all were in foster care, but our stories was a lot different. And it's funny because when I would do these workshops with these girls, they would kind of look at me like, oh, here comes somebody else trying to teach us something. But then it's like when I tell my story, they were like, you were in foster care? So I was like, yeah. I'm like, I want y'all to see that y'all can make it out of this as well as I did. And a few of the things that we used to do with them was um, – uh, we, I would do mentorship in my salon. So that was one of the things that we would do. As far as like, giving them training um, on, you know, for those who wanted to get um, to do braiding, we were actually providing them with their um, braiding license and, like I say, the training and things like that. So, you know, once they become of age and wanted to kind of branch off and do things on their own, they had the ability to do that. Um, also, you know, we did makeup classes. Of course, we did, uh, you know, self-esteem building uh, workshops and activities. Um, I also have a program where that, you know, uh, people who have like hair care products that they don't use, unused. Um, because of this whole natural hair movement, I swear you had everybody buying everything under the sun and they wasn't using it. So I started to wear that they were able to bring it to me, and then we would distribute those products out to the homes of the um, groups, homes that we worked with. And then also, too, we have the ability to wear that people are able to purchase items out of our store, and the proceeds goes to, obviously, to the nonprofit, and then the product goes to the girls. This is awesome. And, you know, I find it sometimes silly that we have to have a license nowadays to braid hair. But that. Well, actually, huh? I'm sorry, not, not to cut you off, but actually in Florida, they just stopped. Thank, thank, thank God. 
(laughs) (laughs) Thank thank God. To me, that was when I first heard about it. I was living in Texas at the time. And I said, this is some racist stuff. We've been braiding hair since the beginning. But being able to braid hair can change your life. I saw it change my wife's life coming over from Africa and being able to make an income when you weren't legally allowed to make an income, but you could braid hair. And, you know, that that's a beautiful thing. So I think that's a skill that they should really teach that in middle school and high school, in my opinion. They actually have like the cosmetology programs in in most high schools. I mean, I had it in mind. I I didn't go to cosmetology school when I was in high school, but, but, but the programs are still there. The programs are still there. Well, see, now we're in Florida, like you, in in Florida. I can tell you in California, I'm from Oakland, um, that I never heard of anything like that. I did in, I think my mother and my aunties would talk about that, but those programs in the 80s were all <laughs> swiped out, 80s and 90s, you know, um, even having wood, woodworks and that. I was probably one of the last people at my school that, um, you know, in that pack that had that. But I'm glad to hear that Florida has that. And so with everything that you have going on, what's like the the next steps for you, whether it's with your foundation or your business or creating another business? Well, to be honest with you, my next step is to get into distribution. That has always been my thing, and which is why I've been doing so much homework on on basically what it's going to take to actually get into that arena. From my understanding, there are no Black-owned beauty supply distributions. The majority of them are owned by Asians and Koreans. There are a few... Um, maybe in like the Spanish, Hispanic community. I know of one or two, but as far as, yeah, the Koreans got it on lock. So that's actually my end goal. So that way our people or whomever would never have to run into the issues as far as, you know, trying to get the products, whether, you know, it's the hair down to, the product itself and i'm gonna be completely honest with you there are some of these black owned hair care companies is with the foolishness as well okay just <laughs> so the koreans or the asians is some of them as well because for me, it's like I say, because my goal is to get into distribution. I have been submitting applications directly with the manufacturer of some of these companies, not just to the distribution companies, because you have these distribution companies that buy directly from the manufacturing. So not only, you know, getting the, the beauty supply distribution accounts are easy. That requires a minimum, your resale license, business license, you in the door. But now when it comes down to getting a direct account with a lot of the manufacturing, a lot of them do not want to bring you in. They don't. And I'm sure they say it's based on volume because they're going to put a volume number on it. Yes. Yes, it is. But like I, you know, like I was trying to explain, give me the information. You don't know who I am or what I got. And that was the point that I tried to make with a few of them. 
And I get it. You know, I'm in business. I've been in business for over 20 years. So I understand numbers. I understand it makes sense to sell to somebody who can afford 500 pallets versus the person who needs a box. I get it. But give me the numbers. So I'll know what is going to be needed on my end. So when that time is right for me to make my move, I know exactly what my numbers are, what it's going to take, and, and we're good. So even just trying to get through that process of things have been very, very difficult. Very so, difficult. So they don't very even want to give you the requirements when you ask. No. <laughs> what can we do to help you with this fight? Do people need to call um, on, on your behalf and keep calling and, and then, you know, uh, doing I like... saying, hey, it's people out here who want to do business with you besides Walmart and Target and CVS and who, whoever else. You know, I had one company actually on one of actually was a black owned on their application process. It literally it literally asked you that they want to see a picture of what the product will look like being displayed. I'm like, how can I show you that when I just signed my lease? Okay. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it's a trick in, you know, anything in retail, uh, how to keep people off the shelf. And then you have to buy your yourself onto the shelf, which, you know, there's very few businesses that are, are like that. But I also I want to go, you know, and have people think of what else can they do? Because if we keep doing the same thing, we'll get the same results. And we know that's insanity. So is there any numbers or, you know, is there, I know there's organizations like uh, Bobsa, um, but I don't know if these already organizations are doing the type of work and have the goals and ambition that you do. So if, you know, 10 people are listening or if a thousand are listening, is there anybody they can write to or tweet out to, to say, give tequila the numbers, give her the requirements needed? Well, I think, I think it would be as simple as get on Facebook and start tagging. Oh, and who they would they tag? And start tag? They would tag companies like your Camila Roses or your Dark and Lovesies or your Olive Oil companies. I, I, don't, don't, don't do olive oil. I'm kind of, I got connections. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm just trying to think of some companies off the top of my head. It's like, and, and it's funny, if, if if you were to take a pack, take a product and you turn the packaging over, you know, it lists who, who the manufacturing is. And sometimes you have to do a little extensive search because you've had a lot of these uh, manufacturing that manufactures a couple of different lines of products so sometimes that like i say if you say you know give our numbers hashtag or or act you know whatever company that you're trying to point the finger at then hopefully maybe somebody may say well hey okay let me see who this person is or let me actually go through these emails to see if she's ever even contacted us or just say hey this is what it takes to get in business well you guys have gotten the game and what we need to do we always want to have some type of solution and not just you know state the problems but also cl clarify in case something was reported um wrong or just needed to be adjusted a little bit tequila i thank you for taking the time and you guys for who are listening
Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.